Why do me and my partner see things so differently? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. We're going to get to that. First up is a review from iTunes called So Much Hope. The information, knowledge, and experiences you share are priceless. You give so much hope to a group of people that feel lost, alone, and stuck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your transparency and effort to share with the rest of us. You do amazing work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Why do we see the world different? (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Ashlyn, sometimes my wife is crazy. (laughs) Um, And uh, I mean, she'll say, she'll like, one time she was pointing to the, to the east, like clearly east. And we have these mountains that are to the east. And she's Very like, big mountains, <laughs> big mountains that are to the east of us. And she's like, yeah, to the south, to the south. And I'm like, the south? What are you talking about? The south? That is the east. Like that is always, I've always lived here on the Wasatch Front and the mountains are always east. And she's like, no, I swear that's south. <laughs> Did she accept your version? Well, I was right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got the compass out yeah. and you proved her. Her yeah, I, I needed to drive it home to her to show her how right I was. Um, no, but the reality is, is there's there's been several things, you know, maybe daily things mm-hmm. where she sees things one way and I see things totally different, completely different. And, you know, in the past, I really have tried to drive home how right I am, but I've learned something different and something really important. And that's that we, you know, there's, how many people in the world? Seven billion plus. Um, there's seven billion plus realities out there. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's seven billion plus um, worlds out there. If you if you understand what I'm saying, because mm-hmm. everybody everybody sees the world differently, and everybody interprets the world differently. So I know that's happened with you and Kobe, right, Ashlyn? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I remember in the beginnings, I think it was my shame group that I did, um, the shame resilience group. And she started talking about how we see the world. And I had never thought about that. And I don't know why, but I was probably 36 years old. And she she laid it out like, a, here's the lenses. We're looking through binoculars. And I have this lens from my early childhood. And then I add another lens of, you know, how my parents raised me and then a lens of the religion I grew up in and then a lens of where I went to school and just lens after lens, just keep adding them. And my lenses are different than your lenses. Yes. OBs, they're different than my kids. They're even different than my siblings that I grew up right next to. Yes. And when I started to see that and visualize, okay, that makes a lot of sense why, especially in families, I can say I had a great childhood and a sibling can say, 
I had the worst childhood. Yes, yes. And we came from the same place. Right. The, I, th I love the lens analogy because it's, it's so just accurate. And what's interesting about it is depending on how I perceive something or interpret something is how I react to it. So, so I'll, I'll have certain emotions come up because of, of a trigger, something that has happened. I'll have emotions come up, which then lead to behaviors, which then lead to, to who I am and how I'm showing up in the world. So our perception and our lenses really dictate our experience of this, this life in this world. And, you know, one, one thing about being in relationships, whether it's a, you know, a marriage or just a relationship with a friend or a parent or somebody, those relationships help you either get, get prideful and stuck in your pers perspectives mm. or help you open up your perspectives and challenge your lenses because people come with different, different views of the world right? Yes. Yes. See, I love that because I would say my lenses were pretty fixed for most of my life. I'm 41 today. Uh huh. And as I started this process, I don't know that recovery is meant to unlock you and start to unravel, but it does. And right. it did, it started to shift my lenses where I could, I could still see through my lenses, but I could start to recognize, Oh, the way I'm reacting and showing up is because of this, this, and this. And it's okay, but also I can, I can show up differently. Yes. I don't have to just base my reaction on my little world over here. That, Ashton, I love how you said that because I believe that when we're able to become conscious, and when I say conscious, what that means is we're no longer stuck in our perspective. Rather, we realize that we have our perspective and we're able to say that's one perspective and that's mm -hmm. mine but I'm open to other perspectives and it leads to, it leads to freedom it, it, and it leads to love and connection because, because when I can say, okay, I don't have to, like I, I was caught in a lot of lenses when I was younger, just, just this is the way things mm -hmm. were. And when I was able to challenge some of those things, some of those perspectives and see the world a different way, I started to experience things differently. And with, with my wife, if I'm, if I'm there and I'm saying, you better see things this way, you better see that as East. Um, I'm prideful and I'm stuck. But if I take a step back and I try to understand her and understand why her lens is the way it is and why she thinks the way she thinks, then I can actually validate and empathize and, and understand her. I don't have to agree with what she's saying. Like, I don't have to say that as the truth but I can say, oh, I do see why you see it that way. Mm -hmm. And and she's gonna feel loved and cared about when I see that with her, right? Yes, and you've always modeled that, I think. And, and I think broadening that lens and really being conscious and saying, hey, I'm going to be active in this conversation. I'm going to connect. I'm going to ask more questions rather than assume. Yes. And that's helped me to see, okay, you have more compassion for people. And I, I know that I have more compassion for people because I accept whatever truth theirs is with just that's their truth. Right. And, and it's okay. And I would say I used to be called super judgmental, super like, I mean, it was black and it was white. And if yes. you were in the middle, you were not, you were not right. right. And that my lenses were really fixed. 
And last night I went to something Jenny would have loved your wife. Uh -huh. um, it was a, a full moon circle. Uh, meditation. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I was like, I should have invited Jenny. Um, but one of the girls, we just met that night and we were supposed to give each other feedback about what we see in each other. And it was so meaningful because she said, I can see that you are confident and whole in who you are and that you're not judgmental. You're wow. open to people. And I was like, oh, I've worked wow. so hard for that. Thank you That's so like much. That's like the biggest compliment. <laughs> it really was yes. because coming from being told, you know, 30 plus years of my life, you're so judgmental. You're so critical. You're so all these things. And then for someone to see me in, you know, the first one hour say, this is who you are. I love that. <laughs> you know, Ashton, I was to share one of my lenses. I was raised with this lens of the world is evil and the world is bad and and be careful of the world because it's bad and evil. And so while I grew up, I, I saw how how, you know, corrupt and evil and awful the world was. And and I and and, you know, it's confirmation bias. I'd, I'd gain I, you know, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd look for evidence of that, and that's what I saw. And in that, it led to being judgmental, judgmental of, oh, look at that, there's evil, look at that, there's evil. And I realized um, when I grew up a little bit, like, I don't know if that's serving me. Um, I want to be real that there's danger out in the world and there's, there's bad things, that's true. But a blanket statement of the world is going to hell in a handbasket and it's evil, I'm going to actually believe the opposite. I'm going to believe that most people are good. I'm okay. going to believe that the world is 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 getting better in many ways and that the world is is good. And and it was crazy when I just shifted that thought, I started to see all of the goodness of everybody and it changed who I was showing up as in the world, right? Oh yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you a little example. I just want the more examples, the better, right? People yes. can start to see it, how it's showing up in their life. So when I'm scrolling social media, I'm an Instagrammer. I like that best. So it's pictures or it's stories, you know, and you're just quick, quick. I'm projecting or I'm basing, you know, I'm giving a, my lens right there real fast. Right. right. And yes. old me used to scroll. There was times I couldn't even be on social media because I would look at someone and immediately be like, Ugh, they're so annoying. Yeah, or, see, uh, there you go. I would be unhappy for them. I would um, be jealous. I would judge what they were wearing. I would judge um, what they, whatever, what their words were without even really listening or looking at them. I just saw them with my lenses and projected my own uh, narratives, like you said, these really um, rigid beliefs that I had and all over them. <laughs> like, oh, and then I would say, I have to take a break from social media because I'm, I'm all projected out. Yes. I've judged everyone yes. and I feel crappy. <laughs> and you feel horrible, yes. right? Um, I, I want to bring this a little closer to home. Here's another example for you. Um, and, and, and uh, like, hear me through on this one. So with, with addiction, addiction recovery, betrayal, trauma, um, one of the big problems is this lens that, that is given to people when they, when they jump into therapy and kind of the recovery community. And it's, it, it goes something like this, um, that the addict is just an addict and he's an abuser. He's a, he's, he's the problem. He's a, he's, you know, he's just a horrible, awful human being. And he needs to change in order for everything to get better. 
And um, that lens is given both to the betrayed and both to the addict. So true. And, and so what happens is that starts to get reinforced. And as that gets reinforced, the relationship doesn't get better. Um, he doesn't get better because he believes he's just an addict who's unworthy of love. And I, I realize that calling a spade a spade is important. I realize that calling out denial and manipulation and, and bad behavior that hurt people, that hurts people, there needs to be boundaries there for the betrayed. I get that. But it doesn't serve the, the person struggling with addiction or the betrayed partner by having this lens of he's just a horrible piece of crap. Um, and, and it does serve both of them to have compassion and love and belief in them as a human being, right? Do you mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying, Ashlyn? Yeah, and I think we all, at least for me, I started out with the, I'm so angry and he is the worst. And look yeah. at all, I have so much evidence. Look at all this evidence and, and I've been great. Right. <laughs> and then I started realizing, actually, I was, I was reacting a lot of um, my own stuff, right? Right. Um, and it was a different process once we got out of the, you're a piece of crap. <laughs> right. And, and I, I'm not saying his shiz doesn't stink, right? Like some, some of the stuff that, that he does, uh, and I, when I say he, I'm saying he in general, the, the addict, the person struggling with addiction does, yeah. um, that sucks in relationships and it's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't define them as, as their worth and who they are. Right. Right. Um, and, and that, like there's certain platforms out there and there's certain things that, that drive that belief home. Mm -hmm. Um, and it keeps, it keeps people stuck. And it's interesting, the, the, the betrayed partners that I've worked with, the ones that have experienced even the most horrific betrayal, uh, the, the worst stuff, <clears throat> the ones that can get themselves to this place of, I'm not going to see him as a monster. I'm going to see mm -hmm. him as a person who is hurt, a person who is, who is, who is sad and, and struggling. Um, and somebody, somebody who wants to figure out how to love and be loved, but can't like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see that instead of, the monster, right? Yeah. So, well, one of the the quotes that helped me best see that is hurt people hurt people. And yes. when I could see that, okay, this person who's hurt me deeply is projecting all of their hurt on me. Right. And so, you know, if there's this conversation of, or argument of you're this and you're that and blah, 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 just sit and listen as if they're saying it to themselves. Like I am this, 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 right? Yes. Uh, re read that mean text they sent you as if they're saying it to themselves. It's right. most of us, we project our hurt onto the world. Right. But it doesn't mean that if somebody's just hurting and you know, you can have compassion for them and you can love them. It doesn't mean that you have to continue to jump in and put yourself in harm's way. Um, because you you love them, you can love them, and you can love yourself at the same time, and have boundaries with them. Yeah. So, and I think that's that's one of the things. It it almost feels like sometimes I need this lens of seeing them as a monster, mm -hmm. so that I can protect myself. And yes. the truth is, is you don't need that lens to protect yourself. You can have another lens that actually 
helps you move forward better and you can still protect yourself at the same time. Yes. Well said. And that separation is important, right? Because otherwise we both stay stuck or one of us moves forward and one of us stays in that place of anger or rejection. Don't confuse changing your lens to compassion and love with um, codependency and a lack of boundaries. They're they're very, very different. Um, and so when, when you change your, your lens and your perspective to see them as a human being, then hopefully you still see yourself as a human being who's worthy of love, who's going to stand up for yourself and have those boundaries. Yeah. Okay. So can I just say something? It's a little off, but not because of this one thing, it's becoming mindful of our own lens and our own view and beliefs and stuckness in the world. That's why I feel this is the best worst club ever, because you start to associate yourself and surround yourself with these people in groups or in, you know, your network becomes people who are quick to apologize and see their stuff. I'm realizing I'm projecting all over you. Yes. Um, It's not this. I feel like when I had a misunderstanding with someone years ago, it was hold that grudge, hold it strong because they're wrong. Yeah. And, and they hurt me. Whereas now I can, I can apologize in seconds, which blows my mind because young Ashlyn was like, Nope, I don't even know how to say sorry. And you're never going to get it. But it's interesting, Ashlyn, as you say, the best worst club ever, because what I see, um, I believe recovery is the best worst club ever. <laughs> um, but what I see is people that jump into doing recovery work they they go one way or the other and and they they go toward being in the best part of that club which is which is you have more acceptance for yourself and for others you can actually challenge your own beliefs and mm-hmm. your your own thoughts so that you can be free and you can create empathy and connection um and and you have strength you have you have you've turned your will and your life over to the care of god so you have faith you have strength you're able to surrender a lot of things those people thrive that's i'm talking about recovery right there's but there is the other the other way that it goes and it's if you hang on to certain lenses and it's what i've been talking mm-hmm. about earlier which is okay now i'm in recovery by getting educated but now i'm in this club with a lot of people around me who re, who are reinforcing me as a victim ah. and and reinforcing me as stuck and not able to move forward. So now and you can fall into that club even if you're going to therapy and going yeah. to group and it, like you can totally fall into that club as well and you don't thrive. You actually go the opposite direction. And really it comes down to shifting one lens, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. It's so, not a big thing. I like that. Okay, yeah. I bet you see this in your groups. I remember the first, you know, Facebook group, which is a huge thing. When I first found out that there were more people like me, okay, that they were hurting just like me. There were these women with betrayal trauma. I joined this Facebook group and at the first, it was great. People would just share, you know, this is what's going on in my life and people would validate and send love and you can do this. It soon became something different. And I would just kind of watch and go, this feels so icky, but somebody would share, Hey, I'm so-and-so, this is my story. And I would see in the comments, a lot of projecting of like, uh-huh. yeah, that happened to me. And this is, and it was, it was not, um, giving them hope or understanding or, or even validation. It was just, 
yeah, and this is going to happen to you too, because it happened to me. It was just like hopeless. Yes. And when I see, you know, I run groups three days a week. And when that starts to happen, I have to rein it in. Like that was your experience, but it doesn't mean that's going to happen for anyone else in this group. Like, right. Rein it in. Yes. With my betrayal groups, it's, it's such an interesting thing because the, the pain needs to be validated. And it, like the, 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 those who've been betrayed, they need to know that their pain is real and that someone else sees it and it's valid. But you can validate that pain and then still rein it in and say, okay, like now let's, let's talk about your power and your ability to move forward despite what your partner's doing, um, despite the choices that they're making. And we can wallow here all together. We can all stay stuck mm -hmm. in this lens of I'm just a victim. I'm a, we're all victims. We're all victims. And you have experienced horrible things when you've been betrayed. But there comes a point where, where your, your lens can either be I have no power because they can mm -hmm. hurt me or I have power and I can grow because I've been hurt. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the shift. It is. When I feel like I don't have choices you know, I've felt that before. Yes. <laughs> and, and it takes a minute to remember like, oh my gosh, I know how to do this. Wake up, get out yeah. of your little lens and find your choices because we all have them. We are powerful beyond what we understand, uh, every human being. And uh, most of our power, um, it, it, it's within our, our thoughts and our beliefs and we have the ability to choose what we want to believe, to choose what we think. And um, the horrible things happen to people, it's true. But some of the, the people who have had the most horrible things happen to them have come out the strongest and have done the most with those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of, of challenging that hopelessness, challenging that fear, challenging the, the, the stuckness and being able to, to, to work through that. Yeah. I love this. And I hope that our listeners can, you know, listen in today and in their own head and see what those lenses look like just throughout the day, you know, as we parent, as we're friends, as we're at the grocery store, wherever, how it shows up. That's, that's our, that's our challenge to you. If you're feeling angry, depressed, like for example, driving here this morning, some guy was tailing me and he was like mad at me. And I, I don't know what I did, to be honest with you. I don't think I did anything, but I can think what a jerky is, or I can challenge that perception and think something else about him. Maybe he's in a hurry because he's a good father who needs to get somewhere for, for his daughter or something. Um, you know, I don't know what's true or what's not, but I don't need to think that he's a jerk. Yeah. Um, so we're good. Yeah, I can I see it. good. I can try to see some good. The, uh, let's challenge our audience. When you feel those those things and and you feel some of that emotion come up, take accountability, responsibility for it, and challenge some of your lenses. Um, and don't judge your partners. Um, let them have their perspectives. You can see their perspectives with them as well. And uh, that's it for today, Ashlyn. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. And thank you guys for listening. All right. Bye -bye. See you guys.